very much. And we're all happy in the Lord this morning. Amen? Amen. Kindly open your Bible with me. Book of Galatians. Well, I have made mention last Sunday that I will be continuing on uh, Romans, the remaining verses of Romans chapter 4, but somehow yesterday uh, the Lord the Lord uh, played in my heart to preach on uh, something that I believe which would something that would make it clearer in as far as our series on the difference between the law and um, grace. In the book of Galatians chapter 2 verse number 16 Galatians chapter 2 and uh, verse number <clears throat> 16 and after that we'll be looking at Romans chapter 3 verses 22 to 28 Galatians 2 verse number 16 <clears throat> kindly rise this time let us all rise Galatians 2 I hope you have found your place share your Bible please Galatians chapter 2 verse number 16 I like the first word word knowing and uh, we we know thank the Lord Paul loves to use that word said uh, for I know whom I have believed verse number 16 knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law but by the faith of Jesus Christ even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law for by the works of the law shall no flesh this is the third time he said not not and then shall no flesh be justified Romans chapter 3 please Romans chapter 3 we begin reading verse 22 to 28. Romans 3, verses 22 to 28. Let us read this. We'll have responsive reading. I will read verse number 22. You read verse 23. Up to verse number 28. Verse number 28. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith... Of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. <clears throat> Being justified, underline this, freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ. Jesus. To declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just, and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Remain standing for prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word of God that we hear this morning preach to your people. And then, Lord, we have the privilege to preach to those who are not yet saved. I pray, dear Father, that you use the Word of God to bring a clear understanding 
on the matter of salvation, which is the most important thing we need to understand and we need to receive at this present life. This we pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Kindly be seated this time. The message is simply clear this morning. Good works does not save only faith in Jesus Christ. Good works does not save only faith in Jesus Christ. Generally, there are two major beliefs on how to go to heaven. There are two major beliefs on how to go to heaven. One is right and the other is wrong. And um, now, um, these two are, number one, good works. And then the other one is faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Let me say that again. These two major beliefs on how a person can go to heaven are good works. Good works. And the other one is faith in Jesus Christ uh, as Lord and Savior. Now, the good works religion is the idea that if I am good enough, if I am good enough, then God will accept me into heaven. If you, if you live a good life, and then you will be accepted in heaven. This belief is wrong. Amen? This belief is wrong. I say wrong. Now, this is not the way of the Bible, but the way of man. Proverbs 16, 25, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. There are three major thoughts this morning in this message. First of all, let us consider the religion of good works. The religion of good works. The problem with this is uh, this, this, this kind of belief, the problem with this view are, number one, there are things you need to understand. If you insist on, you have to be good enough to go to heaven, you have to be uh, good to go to heaven, now the, there are problems that need to be settled. Number one, listen to this. If people insist that you, in order to go to heaven, you have to do, you have to be good. And that is the general teaching of all religions. Do good work. Do good works, so we say. Whereas the Bible says it's all by faith. By grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Number one, uh, how good do I have to be? How good do I have to be or how good do I have to be to go to heaven? And, uh, and uh, where is the, the, the cutting point or the cut point that determines entry to heaven? How good do I have to be? And, uh, and to what uh, point do I have to do to accomplish in order for me to have the assurance I want to and so, how good do I have to be to go to heaven? And, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, how would you determine? That's the question. How about if I could reach only 90% uh, righteousness? How about if I reach 90% uh, righteous? I, I become 90% righteous or even 99%. What if I lack only 1%? Is that good enough for me to go to heaven? And uh, I have to work hard and work and work until I reach 98%. Is that enough? Do you consider that enough? That I, that, that I, I may have the assurance to go to heaven? Open your Bible with me, please. In James chapter 2, look at verse number 10. James, the answer is there. James chapter 2, verse number 10. 
James 2 verse 10. Share your Bible please. We're teaching biblical doctrine here. In, in James 2 verse number 10. Listen to this. For whosoever shall keep the whole law. And we may mention the ceremonial laws uh, can reach even more or less 1,500. And so, uh, how good do I have to be to be saved, to go to heaven? For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, you are guilty of what? Of all. What's the use if you have reached 99%? You have, you have reached that point, 99%. You only lack one point. That means good, everything is good as you have not done anything. Do you, do you, do you get it? And so you have to be perfect in order to earn. Now, the Bible, Jesus said in, in, J, in Matthew 5 verse 20. Matthew chapter 5 <clears throat> verse number 20. How good do I have to be to go to heaven to find assurance that when I die, I will be in heaven. And uh, uh, Matthew chapter 5, share your Bible please, verse number 20. Let us read the Bible. For I say unto you, except, except your righteousness shall be, shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, he shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. You have to go beyond, you have to exceed the righteousness of the scribes. Why did he say that? Why did he say that? Why did Jesus Christ say that? Why? Because these Pharisees and the scribes, they always claim themselves, they always think that they are perfect as far as religion is concerned. You know what Paul said? As far as the law is concerned, blameless. In other words, you ask a Pharisee and he would say, uh, I am 100% fulfilling the law of God. But that's not true. And so you have, to, you have to exceed the righteousness of this self-righteous religious people. Verse 48, Matthew 5, verse number 48, please. That ye be what? In order to go to heaven, you have to be what? Listen to this. The Naosian Bible. That ye be Jesus Christ, what? Perfect even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. The God is perfect. He's perfect in everything. His love is perfect. His attributes are perfect. His ways are perfect. And uh, His will is always perfect. Paul says the perfect will. There is no... There is no... There is no uh, <clears throat> unrighteousness with God. So you have to be perfect in order to go to heaven. That's the problem. How many of us can attain to that level of perfection? Kinsa sa to sa perfection? Nakikita na ba tao? Have you seen kita na ba tao nga perfecto? I ask you. Ah, among silingan na among tighimog daro. Perfecto, pero pangalan lang. Amen ba? A preacher was preaching. He said, uh, uh, how many of you can tell me if you, have, if you have seen a perfect person? Old lady stood up and said, sir, was telling the pastor, said, I haven't seen a perfect, but I have heard of him. He said, uh, uh, you did not see him, but you heard of him. Yes, now, who is that person? He said, the husband of my wife. Former husband of my wife. Every time we go into quarrels, she would always refer to her old husband. And it seems to me that the old husband was perfect. Gamay lang kamalin ako. Mahipat ako unang bana. Ako unang bana. Perfecto. I have not, 
I have, I have not seen, but I have heard of him. Now, is there anyone here can say, I am perfect? In order to go to heaven, based on good works, you have to be what? 99% is not enough. Amen? You offend one point and you are guilty. That's the problem of religion. That is why you will never find assurance in religion. And so, now, uh, you have to, the law here represents the law of Moses or any, any law for that matter. Revelation 21, look at verse number 1. Revelation 21, verse number 8, please. In your Bible, Revelation 21, verse number 8. It says there, but the fearful. I'm, I'm, I'm not that person, Pastor. You may argue with me, say, oh, oh, it's not me. The fearful will go to hell. I'm not fearful. Pastor. And, uh, and then verse... And the unbelieving, oh, it's not me. You may, you may be able to claim it's not me. And the abominable, it's not me. The martyrs, I've never done that. Or the warmongers, the sorcerers, and idolaters, it's not me. Now let's read this. And all, come on now. And all what? Kasi liar sa binasaya. Ha? Bakakon. Kinsa sa tuwa diri nga wagin na kapamakak. Ha? You may not have killed someone, but you have lied at least. There is no one of us that can claim perfection. In, in order to go to heaven, you have to be what? Perfect. Perfect. Now, let me explain that a little bit here. If, if you rob a bank, example lang ha, what if you rob a bank and then were taken before the judge and then the judge would, uh, you know, and then you began to complain to the judge and, uh, and you say, well, uh, he has sentenced you for robbing a bank so you claim, said, but, but judge, Mr. Judge, now I, I may have robbed the bank, but, but I want you to know that I did not break other laws. I'm a good person, and I may panan uh, everything. The only thing that I, I have done is I have robbed the bank. You know what the judge will tell you? Mr. You are not being tried for those sins in my court. You are being tried for robbing the bank. Only one. So therefore, you are being punished for, for robbing the bank. And no, it's an irrespective of, of how good you are and how good you have been and what other good things you have done, you have failed one and you are being judged by that, by that sin. Now, now, you don't have to say, but pastor, I only have committed one sin or two sins in the sight of God, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death. That's the problem. If you insist, well, the religion of good works would say, do this and do that. Do this and do that. We say, the problem is, if you people will insist, you have to obey the law. In the history of the dispensation of the law, which took 1,600 years. 1,600 years. The dispensation of the law lasted 1,600 years. You will never find one person that has ever, ever fulfilled the law. Or got saved through the law. Not one of them. And so if you insist that it is by the law, I would say it's not promising. It's not promising. Thank God for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. Because of our flesh, God sent his son to die in our behalf. Jesus is the only one who fully kept the law of Moses. In every respect, I mean. And, and he... he 
and he came, he, he did keep the law. And as well as he suffered the penalty of the broken law of God by, by dying on the cross that we might be saved. That's number one. Amen? That's the problem. Number two, if we have to earn our salvation, there's always that feeling of guilt. Feeling of guilt because, because we may not, uh, maybe we haven't done enough good works to earn salvation. Alanganin you kapirmi. Why? That is why. Now, please don't get me wrong. Philippines is a Catholic country. 80 plus percent of Filipinos are Catholics. And the number one man of the Catholic Church is Cardinal Sin. During his time. Everybody look up to him. When he died, after he died, it's on the headlines of all newspapers begging that people will pray for his soul. He will get saved. Can you imagine? If their number one man in religion cannot attain any kind of assurance, how much more it is with people? And yet they have worked enough, they have done so much, so much, but they will never come into the point of their lives wherein they can get, they receive the assurance that whatever happens, you will go to heaven. See, the feeling of guilt is always there if you insist on good works because, because maybe you have not done enough good works to earn salvation. And uh, we can never be good enough to earn God's salvation. No matter how good we are, we're still guilty in the eyes of God. Because Isaiah 64 and verse number 6 says, Isaiah 64 and verse number 6. Isaiah 64 and verse number 6 in your Bible, please. But we are all as unclean things. And all our righteousness are as filthy rags in the sight of God. Filthy rags in the sight of God. If we are hoping, number three, to be saved by our good works, then that means that we, we could also lose our salvation by not keeping up the good works. So if you earn it, then maintain it. There's always, now listen to this, if we are hoping to be saved by our good works, then that really means, that simply means that we could also lose our salvation by not keeping up the good works. So this will surely lead to uncertainty. We can never be sure of going to heaven as long as we trust in our good works. How many people today, I remember, I will never forget that. Brother Saldi and I, Brother Saldi Garcia, he's now in heaven. <clears throat> we, we went on soul winning in Ma'ai. It's, uh, there's a basketball court there. We met a man, 93 years old. 93 years old. And he was telling us, you know, since birth, I was a Catholic. Don't get offended. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm just telling you the truth here. When I, said, when I say this, I am saying this with all concern in my heart. That I have been raised in a religious home. He said, I seldom miss a day. He said, I would always go, my, go to church, kneel down and pray. For 92 years, he was going to church except he said if I get sick serious you know sickness then but I always come to church I always pray I always kneel down I always do good things I asked him said sir what if you were to die right now are you 100% that you will go to heaven he said no 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 one can be certain of it I'm still fighting I'm still working 
If you have not done it for the past 92 years, and I imagine you only have a few years remaining in your life, how can you get the assurance with the remaining few years of your life if you have not done it for the past 92 years of faithful serving, you said to your church? You see, if you, if you are hoping to be saved by your good works, then that means you could also lose your salvation by not keeping up the good works. So this will surely lead to uncertainty. We can never be sure of going to heaven as long as we trust in our good works. But what a, what a contrast. You know what David says? Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man whose iniquities are forgiven. Whose sins are covered. Present. Blessed is the man, happy is the man whom the Lord will not impute sin. That means when you get saved, you are declared by God's authority righteous as if you have never sinned. Past, present, and future. No wonder why Paul said, I know whom I have believed. I know whom. He didn't say what I believe. But I know whom I believe in Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And I'm fully persuaded, he says, that whatever I have committed to him, and said, uh, said I, have the, I, have, I have all the assurance. Jesus said in John 5, 24, Verily, verily I send to thee, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath you have it everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation but is passed from death unto life. Number four, if you could be saved, if we could be saved by our good works, then we could we could we could always boast. God will never provide a system of salvation that would allow any man to boast, to brag about it. Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should what? Post. Trusting on good works to be saved would simply mean, you know what does it mean? It means man saving man. Man saving man instead of God saving man. I ask you honestly today, who do you attribute your salvation to? Are you saved? Say amen. Where do you or who do you attribute that salvation to? Now, he said, well, uh, because of pastoring. No, 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 no. No, please. Uh, Because of Bible Baptist. No, 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 no. Uh, Because of me. Because I have been good. I am doing my best. It will not work. That means you are saved by man. Man saving man. Whereas the Bible says God saving man. Amen. I am saved. I know I have a home in heaven. Why? Because God has saved me. Amen. Asamanka, which do you prefer? Man saving man or God saving God? Man. Which do you prepare? Man saving man or God saving God? Religion is a religion of man saving man. Bible way is God saving man. Is that clear? <clears throat> do we say 
<clears throat> to be saved, God has provided, number two, the way by faith in Christ alone. Biblical kind of salvation begins the idea that I am a sinner. Let me say that again. Biblical kind of salvation, not the salvation produced by religion. Biblical kind of salvation begins with the idea that I am a sinner. I have broken the laws of God and that compared to God, I am not a good person, but self-centered sinner. God's law that I have God's law that I have broken condemns me to hell. The goodness, the good news now is that Jesus Christ died on the cross. He on the cross had already had paid all my sins. My sins were laid on him. So that Jesus Christ took the, the full punishment of all my past, my present, my future sins that I deserve in hell forever. God has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Yes. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. That we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we were healed. You know when I, when I think deeply of salvation. I always see Christ bearing the cross. Bearing the cross. For what? The cross of my sins. I, I, I always think of him enduring all the shame and the pain and giving up his life there. Why? It's all because of my sins. He endured it all for my sake. He thus became the savior of all people. We are now responsible to receive or to call on Christ to be our savior from sin. When we do this, Christ saves us and gives us free gift of eternal life. Have you received that? The benefits of Christ saving us instead of our works saving us are. The benefits of Christ saving us instead of our works saving us are. Number one. We can be 100% sure of going to heaven because Christ is 100% responsible for saving us and for keeping us saved. Amen. I don't have to worry about it. Hebrews 7.25 Wherefore he is able also to save them. <clears throat> he is able. <clears throat> He is able also to save them to the, what's the next word, class? To how far that salvation will Christ take you? With that salvation, how far Christ will take you? He is able also to save them to the what? Oy, sa mabinisaya, ang atermos sa kinatumyan yun. Hangtod sa kahangturan. Amen. Salvation is not only meant this year or next year, but up to the time Jesus Christ comes. Amen. Being confident of this very thing. Paul said that He, God, which hath begun a good work in you. What is that good work? Salvation. Amen. That's the work of God. Now, never think that you have something to do with salvation. It's purely the work of God. We take the work of God when it comes to God's work. Amen. We fail. We have to review our works because we fail open again and again. But whenever God works, it's perfect. He which began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ. He is able to, he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. John 3.16, God promised us eternal life. I don't have to read the verse, time is limited. John 10.28, 
These are the benefits. John 10, 28. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any. The word man is an italic. Look at your Bible. That means it was only added for clarification. I was talking to an alliance preacher one day. That should you Baptist, you believe in eternal security. One saved, always saved. He said, yes. He said, why do you believe that? Because it's Bible doctrine. He said, oh no, I gave him John 10, 28. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Ang problema ni ang problem kung ang tao if the man himself will jump up the hands of God that's the problem God says no man but if the man himself kung ang tao mismo maglukso ano problema kung sa'yo ha asa siya malukso lukso sa Japan wa ba di kamot sa ginawa dito lukso sa Hawaii you have to you have to understand who is the one holding you up. This is the mere man, he's God. This whole universe. The hands of God. That's how powerful God is. Kept by the power of God. First Peter 1 verse number 5. John 6.37 God provides that the one who comes to him will never be cast out. John 5.24 God promised that his people have passed from death unto life. Romans 5 verse number 9 God promises that we are saved from wrath. Romans 8 verse 1 Romans 8:33 up to 39 God promises that if we are no, that we are no longer uh, condemned as a result we'll never be separated from his love Hebrews 13 verse number 5 God promises that he will never leave us nor forsake us what else what more Ah thank God Thank God we can be sure 100% we're going to heaven because Christ is 100% responsible for saving. It is not me. It is not you. Trying to keep you know, our salvation, ourselves to be saved. It is Christ and Christ and Christ. It's in the care of Jesus Christ. And I can trust Him. We can be 100% sure we're going to heaven because Christ is 100% responsible for saving us and for keeping us saved. Do not ever forget that. Let us study some Bible passages. I'm looking at the clock now. Let's watch some. Let us study some Bible passages that good works don't save. Galatians 2, we have already already mentioned that in the book of Galatians 2 verse 16. Let us understand the verse please. If you're still bothered about it and uh, you still well believe that good works can save you, look at this. Galatians 2 16. Knowing that a man is not justified, is not justified by the works of the law or by, but by the faith of Jesus Christ even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. No amount of law keeping can make a person righteous because no amount. He said, I'm trying to obey the law and then, and then and as I obey the law, it makes me righteous. It will not make you righteous. No. Let me say that again. Amount of law keeping can make a person righteous because simply lang tubag. Because the root of sinfulness is in the, the fallenness of a man's nature, not in his actions. The problem is inside 
The heart is deceitful. It's the heart problem. No matter how you fix your car outside, you paint it nicely, you decorate your car nicely. Mugs, kuya kayo. If something is wrong with the engine, it will not work. The problem is inside. You know what I mean? You may try to decorate outside, but the problem is inside. The problem is man is a sinner. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In fact, three times in Galatians 2.16, Paul declares that salvation is only through faith in Christ and not by the law. First statement is general. Man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. That is general statement made by the word of God. Secondly, second statement is personal. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. Thirdly, from general statement to personal statement to universal statement, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Galatians 2 verse 21. Galatians 2. Let us uh, please take note of these verses. Just read them. I do not prostrate. I do not prostrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in what? If anybody insists that justification is by works, then that he can earn his salvation by his efforts. Then you know what? He's undermining the foundation of the great Christian salvation in Christ. By the way, the word prostrate means you are nullifying. You're making it of non-effect. When you insist, I am saved by obeying the law, you know what you're doing? Away with the cross. I do not need the cross of Christ. I do not need his blood. You're simply saying, if you insist that you can be saved by your good work, you're saying that Jesus Christ Died on the cross for nothing. Nothing. It's void. You declare it's void. Paul says, I do not prostrate. You know what Paul says? God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of Jesus Christ. Is there an amen to that? Now, please don't feel I am angry when I say that. I'm just, I'm just trying to put, you know, emphasis on the message. If I don't do that, you go all, you, all of you will go to sleep. In an air-conditioned room, I have to sometimes shout. Anyhow, it goes with my, my family name, Inge. I was surprised when I was in the States. Everybody says, uh, Brother Inge, or Reverend Inge. So I shout because I am Pastor Inge. I do not prostrate the grace of God. If righteousness come by the Lord, then Christ is dead in what? Vain. Can you imagine? You say, well, I don't need this death. I don't need this cross. I don't need this blood. Galatians 2.21. How about Galatians 3, verse number 2? This only would I learn of you, receive you the Spirit by works of the law or by the hearing of faith. In your conversion experience, did you receive the new birth, the conversion? I mean regeneration. Regeneration is the divine working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Jesus Christ told Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That's the work of the Spirit of God. Salvation is the divine work of God that you cannot see with your eyes. Amen. 
It transpires inside through the word of God. It's the work of God. When somebody come here and then say, well, I repent of my sin. I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Now, there is, a, there is an impartation of life, divine life. I cannot see that. You cannot see that. It's only God. It's the working of God. He becomes a child of God. A new creature. That's the work of the Holy Spirit of God. And Paul was telling the Galatians, said, Now, looking back into our own experience, did you receive the Holy Spirit by trying to obey the law or by faith in Jesus Christ? Of course, by faith in Jesus Christ. I still have more verses, but time will not permit me. Question is, where do good works come in? That you mean, Pastor, you've been... You know, it, it sounds to me that you don't need good works. Now, I did not say that. Grace is not an excuse for us to go sinning. Where does grace come in now? Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9, for, um, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Verse 10, for we are his what? Works count after you're saved. Amen. You don't work to be saved. You are saved to do good works. Amen. That's God's order. Good works come after salvation to show our gratitude to God in love for saving us. After ngamaluaska, therefore if any man be in Christ, is a new creature. All things are past. There must be a change in your life. And after you get saved, say, now I close. There are two, two ways. I would like to close the message in two ways. First of all, let us look at the Christian side. Now, how do we value the grace that has brought us salvation and has enabled us every day Romans 5, verse 1 and 2, please. We close. Romans, how important is God's grace in our lives? You know, God's grace should, should constantly make us rejoicing in the sight of God. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have what? Are you at peace with God? <clears throat> or are you still afraid? What if I were to die? What if this thing will happen or that will happen to me? Now, uh, how will I face God? Now, you're saved. You're free from all condemnation, from judgment. You don't have to face God for your sins. Judicially, he has declared you. And uh, there are, I heard even some Bible Baptists, Saying that when you get saved, you don't have to, you, you no longer commit sin and you don't have to ask for forgiveness. Wow. I am working on a message that will probably next Sunday, the Lord will. You have to understand, there is a judicial aspect of forgiveness. And that means you're not, you're not responsible anymore. Past, present, and future. But it's a parental responsibility for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. Paul says, if we confess, does it mean that you don't get saved? Now, it's a matter of understanding the Bible. And I will, I will, I will work on that. I'm still working on that because it's not easy to, to pile up those messages. I'm also preparing for next Bible school. So I have, I have so much in mind now. But I hope I can get through with that. And so the grace Bible says there. Now verse 2. Romans 5 verse 2. By whom we have access. By faith into this what? He attributes everything to the grace of God. When we stand. We rejoice in hope for the glory. Of God. We have access. 
We have boldness. We have confidence to come into the throne of God through prayer. It's God's grace. We believers rejoice in God's grace. It's through God's grace that we have gained access to God. Grace that have gained us access to God. Because of grace, we're not only saved, God's people, I have no more time. We as God's people can rejoice knowing that the grace of God has brought us salvation. Free gift from God, but it also has provided us, what did Paul say, access to the throne of God. Anytime we can come to God and beg as his people. Why? Because we stand on this grace. Grace. Because of this grace, we have direct access to God. Because of this grace, we have effective access to God. Because of God's grace, we have, we have, we have a grace that will bring us and opportunity that will bring us right into the very throne of God. I can, I can embrace God now. Compared to the law, all the law says do not cross. Do not you know, God in the Old Testament under the law says, touch me not. Come not nigh hither. You cannot approach God. The grace has brought us that access. Amen. We can embrace God now. I close this. Unsaved friend, salvation is by grace through faith alone, not as a result of good works, so that God gets the glory, lest any man should boast. Salvation through faith alone means that we receive salvation through trusting in what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. Salvation is a free gift to us. It is a gift of God, not of works. God's gift means his son, Jesus Christ, died on the cross. Not of works, it is the gift of God. Looking at the nature of God's gift, it just simply means primarily to accept God's gift is to accept his son because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. When you accept Jesus Christ, you know what he said to the, to the Samaritan woman? If thou only knew, if thou knewest the gift of God, and who is he that asketh thee water to drink, thou would have Ask of him water. Who was Jesus Christ referring to? Himself. Amen. But as many as received him to them gave you power to become the sons of God. Now you need to empty yourself of religion. You need to empty yourself of your own effort to be saved. You need to let Jesus Christ come in. Jesus Christ says come unto me. All you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Did I make it clear this morning? Baptist people, did I make it clear? You're not yet saved. Come and be saved. Let us all stand up, please. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word of God.